Welcome to episode 33 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church. And uh, we are uh, here today with Jillian Cochran, a member of Christ Church Presbyterian. And we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you. Happy to be here. And I'm also sitting here with uh, my co-pastor, Ross Hodges. Ross, having a good day? Absolutely. Glad to be here. Wonderful. We are so excited uh, to be here with Jillian. Uh, we wanted from the beginning for this podcast to be uh, not only talking about theological and, and current issues, uh, but also to interview some of our church members uh, who have very interesting lives and uh, testimonies. And uh, so we thought we would bring uh, Jillian in today to talk to her uh, about her life. And uh, you are a Georgia girl, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, and is it, grew up in Fayetteville, Georgia? That's Fayetteville, Georgia. In Fayetteville. Mm -hmm. And an interesting thing is that, what was the, the high school you went to? Landmark Christian. Landmark Christian School. And... Um, uh, Cindy um, Campbell, Campbell um, excuse me, my brain's in slow motion right now. Cindy Campbell was a member, or is a member, of my former congregation and was one of your mm -hmm. instructors. Now, was she tough? Was she difficult? Uh, she was, and very full of personality. <laughs> sure. Indeed. Indeed. There was never a dull yeah. moment uh, when Cindy was in the office, That's and right. uh, we, we love uh, the Campbells, and that's uh, kind of a fun connection. And the uh, Christian world really is small, isn't yeah. it? Shout out to the Campbell family. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I think Cynthia listens to this as well. So, uh, hope hope y'all are doing well. Um, well, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Uh, you grew up in Fayetteville, and uh, did you grow up in a Christian family? Yes, I did grow up in a Christian family, and uh, we attended a local Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And um, but we, we didn't go every Sunday, but I was trying to encourage my family to keep going. And um, I went to a Christian school, so we had chapel and that sort of thing. So that kind of helped keep um, Christ alive in my life, even though we weren't attending church as often. And then we moved to Sandy Springs, Georgia, which is above Atlanta, Georgia. But sure. I still wanted to go to Landmark. Um, one reason being because it was a wonderful Christian school. I'd gone there since first grade. Another reason being um, Seth Cochran uh -huh. attended the school, so I didn't want to leave that quite yet. Um, and you, you guys have known each other since, since eighth grade. Eighth grade, that's right. Wow. That's right. So not just high school sweethearts, middle, middle school. school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's been great to get to know Seth, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll we'll get to him in just a minute. Um, <laughs> Tell us when you began really walking with the Lord, when you had a, you said you were encouraging your family. Did you get more serious with the Lord at one point and then want to encourage your parents to do the same? Yes, uh -huh. I did. So when we moved to Sandy Springs, um, they found another church there, another Baptist church, and um, they started going more regularly, which was very exciting. And then in my senior year, my class had a Bible class. and. Um, and they started to introduce us the five points of Calvinism. And I was... Ah, I, yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, I was very curious about these, and they're very different from anything that I, ever, I had ever heard um, in the Baptist church. And so I always thought that, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart, it's very you involved, you know, very much a willpower, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. man's will type thing. And... And Seth had already been reformed, and um, he had been catechized and everything. And so we started talking about it, and then ended up 
having a whole six month discussion about it, bringing different scriptures to each mm. other, really, because I I did not like not understanding it and not being mm-hmm. clearly on one side or the other for well I was on one side for <laughs> these five um, points, and so you know just kept reading the scriptures and talking to each other about it, praying about it, mm. and finally became reformed. Mm. And um, so I think that deep dive into the scriptures really mm. made things clear, made a lot of the, much more of the Bible make sense. Mm. And um, so I think from there it was um, really taking hold of Christianity for myself. Mm. Mm. So you asked John Calvin into your heart, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, hope not. we sometimes refer to the five points of Calvinism as the five points of orthodoxy. <laughs> well, that's really uh, that's exciting. And so uh, another interesting point uh, that Seth, your your husband, was in the uh, youth group at Carriage Lane Presbyterian Church, where I served as a youth pastor for three years. And he was under Brian Cosby, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, uh, Brian Cosby is a, a good friend now and uh, really cut some neat, neat connections there as well. So you then went from Fayetteville uh, to Cambridge, Massachusetts. Tell us about that journey. Yes. So um, when I applied to schools, I came from, you know, Landmark, which was a very small school. I had no idea where I would get in. And um, I applied to, I think, 16 schools, which is a little crazy. Wow. You know, I had to have backup. <laughs> and um, so then I got into Harvard, and that was pretty cool. I, yeah. I didn't know really what to expect because I didn't think it would happen. And, you wow. know, I said, well, I don't think I'll get this opportunity, and I'll go for it. You know, this opportunity again. Yeah. And so I'll go for it. And a lot of my family um, who grew up Southern Baptist were kind of worried, like, Oh no, you're going into Yankee land. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't come back and not be a Christian. They were like very worried about mm. this because I was going, you know, where all the liberals live, yeah. apparently. And um, so, Harvard was definitely a secular environment, but there were surely strong Christian communities within it. And um, my father-in-law, well, he wasn't my father-in-law then, mm-hmm. encouraged me to enjoy to join RUF. Which is and Reformed University Fellowship. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jeremy Mullen was the pastor for that. And it was a very tightly knit group. And he mm. um, led us wonderfully during you know our weekly sessions, but also hosting other events so we could really be a community. And um, I joined a church there that was in the heart of Boston called Park Street Church. Mm. And... Um, I joined that church because it was very much like my home church. It was mm. large. The building was similar. Um, it had a choir that was, you know, could sing beautifully, mm-hmm. and so I joined there. But I still wasn't getting as connected as I do here at Christ Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still didn't quite understand what life at a church should be like until I came here, um, mm. and. However, the RUF group helped me to still have a Christian community that I was close with. Sure, sure. So there are kind of two extremes that we see uh, Christians, positions Christians take regarding academia. You have a lot of what we call anti-intellectualism, which would see a place like an Ivy League school uh, as uh, very wicked, secular, why in the world would you ever want to go there? 
who cares about scholarship, you know, we just love Jesus, that kind of a thing. And then you have kind of the other extreme, which is this kind of hyper-intellectualism uh, where uh, there is a kind of condescending, you know, uh, attitude towards the uneducated and there's this kind of elitism and, and uh, so you have uh, Christians who would be drawn towards those kind of extremes, right? And we would reject both of those as being uh, unbiblical and, and ungodly and, and sort of not uh, biblical ways to think about uh, Christianity in academia. Mm -hmm. As you think about your time at Harvard and uh, as I share with the listeners uh, that you are uh, going to be starting a program at uh, Yale University in August, a PhD program in mechanical engineering. In mechanical engineering, and we want to hear more about that in a minute. But how would you, how do you, having the experience at Harvard, getting ready to go to Yale, um, walking in those halls where presidents and prime ministers have been shaped, and uh, as a Christian believer, as someone who is united to Christ and abiding in Christ. Uh, what would you say to those in those extremes? I would say that they are actually accompanied by another sort of extreme, okay. um, which I feel as that was really prevalent there. It was, um, you know, these very smart people that also kind of see where you can where you can come from many different ways. Like, oh, well, you are of this religion. Well, that's good for you, you know, and you're of this. Well that's fine for you as long as you're you know good a good person mm -hmm. it's okay so mm -hmm. I think that was I experienced a lot of that as mm -hmm. well and, and you know it it wasn't right <laughs> yeah. so the relativism of the the cultural perspective um, just said look there's there's no real absolute here you can be what you want to be and believe what you want to believe I'm smart you're smart we're all smart just right. believe what you want to about this over here. Yes. Now, what of your your experience at Harvard in the classroom and out of the classroom? Um, how did that put pressure or not put pressure and encourage sort of your your Christian walk? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the classroom, most of the classes that I took were math or you know science, but didn't really go into the you know biology or evolution realm. So. Mm -hmm. I felt like in the classroom I wasn't really struggling with faith. Sure, yeah. you know, from their teaching. Not, However, a lot, not a lot of philosophical or theological discussions right, going on. Right, right. I did take a couple of philosophy classes. However, I think that the professor was actually a Christian. So, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, so that was pretty cool. But um, outside of the classroom, there was almost this um, environment at Harvard where everyone kind of put off that they're doing fine hmm. and um, that they have their lives, lives together, you know, their social life, their academic life, they're perfect. They didn't want to show a flaw. And, hmm. um, and from someone who is looking on the outside, they're like, wow, this person is perfect, yet I'm struggling so much. What's wrong with me? Right. And a lot of people thought, you know, I don't deserve to be at Harvard, and that was pretty rampant upon campus. Really? Yes, and then, but then of course there were some people who were <laughs> not like that or were very, um, you know, prideful. But um, then there were another section of people who I often encountered in the engineering um, realm, and 
one person would say, oh, you know, I only got five hours of sleep last night, I'm so tired. The next person would soon reply, oh, well, you know, I only got one. Like, <laughs> my problem sets are yeah. so difficult and I have five tests, you know. And it was a competition of how, um, you know, how much you were struggling or how little sleep you got. Yeah. And people were finding their identity in mm. how much work they were doing and how hard sure. they were trying and where their time was spent. And rather than then finding their identity in Christ, yeah. So, and I think being a part of RUF and also having a Christian roommate, mm. so that on Wednesday nights, you know, I had people from the Christian fellowship surrounding yes. me, or whenever I was in my dorm, my yes. roommate was there, and we could talk about these issues, and you know, encourage each other in them. Because when you're surrounded during the day by everyone else, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, so very important that uh, no matter where you go to university or postgraduate school, it's so important to have uh, Christian friends, uh, to be uh, committed to a good church, to have uh, Christian fellowship on mm -hmm. campus, which is something like RUF can provide, and um, and it just makes life a lot easier as a Christian believer. If you isolate yourself mm -hmm. in the midst of what could be uh, uh, what could be, where some animosity could be shown to you by students or professors, mm -hmm. uh, then it becomes difficult if you're isolated. Absolutely. Right. Now we haven't actually gotten to ask you yet what your field is that you are working in now, and, and that you're hoping to be, or that you'll be doing your PhD in, and sort of the the research that you'll be doing. So can you tell us a little bit about that and, sure. and where that will likely take you? Yes. Um, so originally I studied bioengineering, and I worked on exosuits. So they're these. We're just gonna nod here. And I don't know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking We're gonna about. pretend about. like we know what it looks like. Smile and nod. Just keep going. That's fine. My husband likes to refer to them as Iron Man suits. That's yes. what he tells everyone. So they're kind of like that. They're um, outerwear that you can put on, and a little backpack that has motors and other, you know, power source and that sort of thing. And I'm okay, you are officially the coolest <laughs> girl in Christchurch right now. Yeah. Wait. So wait. You're you're telling us you're basically gonna make a Rocket Man suit. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Where do we get so, one? <laughs> Sign um, me up. But the particular device that I made helped elderly people walk upstairs. Mm. Um, and my grandfather lived with us, um, or lives with us, and so he has a lot of trouble with stairs. So that was cool to mm. see, you know, his problem, but but then able to study it and build something that could help him. Mm. Um, That's and really neat. For now, uh, my husband got assigned to Charleston, and I looked around for different bio in the, in the Navy, in the Navy yeah. for the Navy, right? Um, he's an ensign right now and going to nuclear power school. And um, so knew was coming to Charleston, and I tried to look around at the bioengineering industry, and I found one company that looked great, and I talked to the the president, and she was like, "Well." I'm still living at home with my mom right now, <laughs> so it's like, Can't okay, this is yeah. not quite what I'm looking for at this time, but thank you. Um, so then I found the Boeing company, and they have a, a group. little company called Boeing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, the president lives with this mom also. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they have a research division, and um, the part of that that I'm in is called assembly and automation. Hmm. So they try to make the assembly process automated from putting the plane together to painting it, and I'm in the paint group. 
Um, so this is very different from bioengineering, and I think it's a good experience for this year, getting to see what big business is like, how bureaucratic it is, um, <laughs> but also getting to see the fun things that they can do. Mm -hmm. um, and But I, I definitely want to go back to bioengineering. So at Yale, I'll be studying, technically it will be mechanical engineering, but the lab I will be in does hand and wrist prosthetics. Mm. And so that's the project that I will be on. Tell us about that a little bit. Um, so I visited um, a few weeks ago and actually got to see the lab. And they have several um, hand prosthetics just kind of laying around, which is a little, <laughs> little weird. Um, but they have this new project that's coming up for wrist prosthetics um, because that has not been looked into as much. And um, there are companies that can build amazing hand prosthetics that have, um, you know, they're $50,000, that sort of thing. But this is like lab, the Luke Skywalker sort of deal? We look? Yeah. Wow. Like very, I, very, you know, high tech, lots of. That's, can, I, can I just say this is risky business? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Dun, dun. <laughs> Um, so they're seeking to build more mechanically simple but clever devices mm. that get the same thing done without the cost mm. and with um, that they're easier to use. Mm. So mm. very cool. That is that's tremendous. And um, we spoke earlier before the the podcast just about your transition from uh, Cambridge here to Charleston and now looking. Uh, to go uh, uh, to Connecticut, to Yale, and tell us about your perspective, and you've shared with me before uh, how your perspective has changed since joining Christ Church and, uh, and recognizing the importance of uh, churchly piety, the means of grace, word sacraments, prayer, the, the oversight, fellowship, shepherding care of the church. Like how, how has your mind been shaped since you've been here and as you go uh, now uh, t up to Yale, how are, will you and Seth be thinking about where you're going to go to church and those kinds of things? Um, so while I was at Harvard, time was a very precious commodity mm -hmm. and you know when you're working on homework or you're studying you can see a um, tangible result from the time that you're spending. However, when you're attending a church service, it's not as tangible. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I attended mm -hmm. church, I talked to these people, but I didn't actually get anything done. At least it seems. It feels that way. Right, right. And so I've realized that that is actually not the case, that the time is really telling of what you put your value in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, to see how committed people are at Christ Church and spending so much time involved in it, you know, coming to morning and evening worship, coming to the prayer meeting or, you know, a Bible study. It hmm. it not only is, you know, good for the health of the church and that you're there, but also good for the health of your heart. So moving forward, um, when I go off to Yale, I think I will want to view time differently and really um, put an emphasis on going to these church events and being really involved in you know, being hospitable, taking care of care of others in the church, um, instead of worrying about, oh, I have a homework assignment due. You know, what is really important here is God and Christ in the church. You know, you go out to John's Island, and there's the angel oak, perhaps one of the most famous trees in the country. Sure. And it didn't grow overnight. Mm. Uh, you know, you can't sit and watch an oak tree grow and see progress. 
but it's growing. Mm -hmm. And it's similar, I think, in the Christian life. Uh, the Lord uses the means of grace, and while it may not feel like every time we walk in and out of a church service that we're being pruned and changed and shaped by that word of Christ, we, we are. Mm -hmm. We are, even if, even if you're not feeling it. Right. You know, sometimes you think, I'm not feeling it today. Well, our feelings uh, don't determine Christ's work in our hearts and in our lives. Mm -hmm. But what he does promise is that through the ministry of the preaching of the word, the sacraments, and prayer, uh, that he will uh, work powerfully in our lives, Lord's Day by Lord's Day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and he does his, his work in us. And so what a... What a wonderful thing to come to, conviction to come mm -hmm. to at, uh, at a young age. Uh, many don't sort of recognize this until, until later. Right. And so you and Seth have just jumped into the deep end of the pool at Christ Church, even got involved in the soccer game at the picnic last week and crazy <laughs> a couple of people. <laughs> All stars. Yes, yes, ab absolutely. Um, well, that's wonderful. And so uh, we are so uh, sad, of course, that you will be leaving us, but you and Seth will be moving uh, up to Connecticut in, in August. Is mm -hmm. that right? That's right. And, um, and Seth, will he be deployed? Uh, will he go out to sea soon, or how does um, that work? So it will depend on the cycle of the boat that he's assigned to. He could um, move to Connecticut and then be at home for you know a few months, and the boat might go out for a week or a couple of weeks, but then he would come back. But then, or the could it could be that the boat is deploying, and you know, right when he gets there, he's gone for six months mm -hmm. or or more. So, well, well, you'll certainly have plenty of studying to do. Yes, while yes, you, <laughs> not going to be bored. <laughs> well, we just give uh, thanks to God uh, for uh, for you and for Seth and. Amen. Uh, you've been at Christ Church now for I think a little over a year, mm -hmm. uh, members of the church, and um, and we will continue to pray for you all as you, you as you go forth from this place. And you know it's just so encouraging because we know that you are going to a place where uh, there there aren't going to be a lot of evangelical reformed believers, right. and yet the Lord has placed you in His providence uh, in a context where you can be salt and light mm -hmm. uh, not like some crazy evangelist but as a, a student as a friend as a, um, a, as a colleague mm -hmm. uh, you will through your hard work and through uh, conversations and friendships you get into be able to be salt and light in, mm -hmm. in that environment and that's exciting mm -hmm. uh, to us as yes. pastors as, as we send Very. you and Seth Ford and Seth of course in the Navy making an right. impact there we, we praise uh, the Lord for that. And so, you know, the one thing we wanted to leave our listeners with is that as Christians, we will all have different callings, all have different giftings. Mm -hmm. and, and so wherever we are, wherever God takes us, wherever the Lord gives us opportunity, um, we always want our identity to be chiefly in the Lord Jesus Christ, not in where we went to school, not in what diplomas right. we have on the wall, uh, not in the, the the amount of our paycheck or the status uh, of our, our our lives in culture. No matter where the Lord takes us, uh, we have people in all different kinds of, of, of callings and vocations in our congregation, and a lot of them are very interesting yes. and very influential. 
and we praise the Lord for that. But we never want our identity to be in those things, but but in chiefly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so our citizenship, our citizenship in heaven is is primary, and we praise the Lord for that. We thank you for joining us for this uh, wonderful time uh, interview, Jillian. Thank you. Thanks for uh, being with us, and we hope you'll join us next time on Between the Times. <laughs>